This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. And then there was podcasting, and it was good. <laughs> and lo, there was podcasting. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Hey, guys, welcome back. We're glad to have you with us. We have a really cool podcast all about Topic Tuesdays, also a good debate, some good questions from you guys. But you want to talk F1, don't you? Uh, well, I kind of do. Yeah. I did you watch you the race? I didn't. You I didn't. did? Okay. Well, I watched the but race okay. actually I'm with aware. my dad. I'm aware. Keep going. I was traveling. I visited my dad over the weekend in Seattle. Spoiler alerts. If you haven't it's seen cool. the first race, the Bahrain race. The, the, the Bahrain race. race. Here it comes. Yeah. I'll just wait a beat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that we've waited a beat, <laughs> I can talk about Bahrain. And yeah, Red Bull took the first two positions. Okay. They're dominant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Fernando Alonso took third. Mm-hmm. With on, Aston Martin. With Aston His first race with them Martin. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. That guy has always been the best driver on the grid. I mean, those are fighting he's, words. He's up there. Yeah, one of for the sure. best yeah. ever. The problem yeah. is he just hasn't had the goods, the car, mm-hmm. to be able to take advantage or his style. There's no been question he's plenty talented. Oh, my gosh. So it's not a question of, well, I, I wish Fernando Alonso were a fast driver. That's not the issue. Well, I watched him in the IndyCar races that he did in uh, the late teens. I think he did it three years in a row. And he would just decide to pass people at will. <laughs> you could it was clear he was toying with people mm. unfortunately one of the races he was driving a honda engine and that exploded but yeah. still <laughs> it was clear if he wanted to pass he would pass you mm. that you didn't have a choice in the matter if he wanted to hang back and bide his time and just be cool he would it was obvious so mm. congratulations mm. to fernando i mean what a race i'm looking forward to this whole season and we don't know what'll happen of course if you're listening to this at the end of 2023 or any time in the future yeah. you will be amused by listening to our well sure and of course discussion i've been watching and i'm almost done with the last season's wrap up known as drive to survive on netflix Oh, I where, started that. Where you know, yeah, enough, yeah. where you know it, where how all the stories are going to end. Yeah. But now they're making it dramatic, and so I'm I'm in the back end of watching that, knowing you know what the pieces are going to be for the next season already. It's a very interesting way to watch it, but they do produce it really, really well. And I do continue to laugh at when I hear little bubbling things where people on in F1 are not thrilled with Netflix. Uh-huh. Because ultimately, yeah. somewhere between them saying something in an interview and me watching on the couch, there's an editor who's building drama, yeah. and they don't understand that the drama must be built. So, yeah, anyway, that happens. Well, Cars of the Past, episode four, our last yes. episode with our Cars of the Past is coming Thursday, March 9, 2023. Mm-hmm. Todd has been doing an amazing job editing. It's a fun it's, one. It's going to be fun. This is, uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing this piece. It's, it's a very fun piece. We did a lot of fun things. It has a couple of, of surprise moments in it that, that kind of <laughs> actually helped themselves in the edit too. So it was, I'm actually really excited about it. And it is all the things. It is us taking our cars of the past down on another monster road trip, you know, almost 2,000 miles. Huge. All things said and done. We, yeah. I, we get on a racetrack. We drive each other's cars. There's gags and jokes and observations and costumes and the works. The costume It's coming department. again. Yeah, you better believe it. <laughs> it's going to be, do. what, close to an hour? It's about an hour long, yeah. Okay, awesome. Grab some popcorn. Kick that, back. That'll drop, that'll drop Thursday. Put it and, on the big TV. Uh, you know, watch it Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That'll help its trajectory big time. And if you've got somebody you want to watch it with or if you have somebody who you're like, you know what? It's family friendly again. So if you do that thing that I do, because I have both my parents and my in-laws live within 20 minutes of me. Right. So my, I haven't made my wife understand this yet. When they're all over, I'm like, we should watch the latest road trip piece. And she thinks I'm showing off. I'm like, look, for, honey, for an hour. Oh, right. For an hour, everybody's occupied. That's true. It's not, look at me. It's literally like, just look at this. <laughs> okay? We could all, I could convince all of you to sit down and watch this. I can't pick a movie. I can't pick a TV show. Because nobody will Never agree, in a million right? years. Yeah. So I can go, honey, let's watch. She got mad at me at one point. And I was oh, like, really? babe, it has nothing to do. I mean, I, I understand. It's me on screen. This is not why I'm pushing it. <laughs> I'm pushing it because everybody can sit here together. From my son through all of the in-laws, everybody will sit together. And for an hour, it's solved. That's, That's why I true. do it. So if you're like me, there you go, family friendly. <laughs> 
Our Blipshift Partner Store has the Car Pain Diem shirt. Yep. It's now available. There's a few more days left on there. And if you haven't gotten one of those yet, it's a cool shirt. It opens the door to conversation. It's like yeah, it an does. interesting coffee table book. It's like, what, are your shirt, what does your shirt mean? And yep. then you're off to the races, and then you just never know where the conversation will lead after that. I just got the delivery of those really cool 86 sliding shirts. That's one of my favorite Blipshift Oh, nice. Ever. They're nice. so cool. And, and we have an ongoing string of really cool shirts coming. We'll keep you informed because there's a lot of stuff in the works. Whatever car you're looking for and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listings anywhere online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and far beyond your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure not to miss anything. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Autotempest is now the official sponsor of all our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. So when you're doing your drive homework or you're chasing your next family car or you're just browsing so you can see what's out there, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Autotempest. All the cars. One search. I'm trying to stay good with car conclusions. You guys have inundated us mm-hmm. with your responses to that for the it's call great. to action. It's Thank you guys stuff. for sending all your updates. We really appreciate it. We can't get to everybody's, but there's some great ones that have stood mm-hmm. out. And we're going to go through them today because... Like I said, I'm, I'm trying we to get catch better up. and yeah, catch yeah, yeah. up with the stack. We're it's we're good stuff. We're going to try to do this once a month, but we'll see. You know, it just kind of depends on our schedule. We're already starting to see our schedule get busier mm-hmm. for May, June, July. Well, it's, it's been weird for like the last six weeks because the last actually two months, the last time we shot was middle of December. And when I say shoot, I, I, I'm not actually counting things like POVs and test drives and that kind of stuff. We do around here, and it's fairly straightforward. I'm talking about travel, lots of cameras, multiple cars, mm-hmm. big comparisons. We haven't done one since mid-December. It's been a couple months. Right. And all of a sudden, Jeez. we are putting like two a month on the calendar, which is very exciting and exactly what we want to do. But it's getting real now, which I love. Zachary T. from Columbia, South Carolina, on episode 738, writes to us, he understands my love for Porsche. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Well done. But he writes, when he says 15000 for an old car, 35000 for one war- with a warranty, why do I say yes, a 20-year-old 911 for $33,000? Because somebody will give you a warranty. <laughs> sure. I mean, because I, it's a great car. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, Zachary went through a lot of drive homework. He says any Civic SI was unfortunately not within reach. So he tried a variety of different cars. He didn't like getting in and out of the Kia Stinger or the interior of the current gen Camaro. So that left his five test drives. What, what I love about that is that that suggests that Zachary in those two cars didn't even start them. He climbed in a Kia Stinger, was like, nope, climbed out. Climbed in a Camaro, was like, nope, climbed out. Then his statement, I was left with five test drives, meaning those two didn't even start. That's a great point. Which is funny because this is actually, this is the benefit of going to an auto show. And this is one of the things that I actually go to the local auto show here every year, even though, you know, you and I drive a lot of cars. I still find it fascinating how much you can learn with kind of first impressions of just climbing into something. And in Zachary's case, (laughs) those two cars were out. Nope. Yep. (laughs) All right. Well, the first car on his five test drives was a 2017 Mazmiata Grand Touring. He says, lovely car, well-appointed and comfortable, but he is a tree apparently. And his legs were bent at awkward angles. He says, fine for a short drive. Horrible for long interstate road trips. And Zachary, I'm going to guess you didn't even get in the passenger side where I hate to tell you this bit of information, it's worse. The passenger side <laughs> right. is actually, that, that's one of the, the hidden things about the ND, unfortunately. Your passenger needs to be smaller than you. Well, then he went for a Cyan FRS 2013 model year. He says, obviously, much more interior space, more comfortable, but no bones. It was a cheap car with yep. cheap car interior, much like Cyan's other economy cars. Well, yeah, then he got into a third test drive with the Mustang EcoBoost. He says the interior wasn't as nice as the Miata. Well, Mazda just kills it in every category. They're great. They're really good, yeah. He says the downside was that it was big and heavy, carried Mm. its weight well, but you never forgot it. Interesting. So he had a 2020 Mustang GT shipped up from Florida to drive it, and unfortunately a hurricane got in the way. Hmm. While he waited, he tried a 2018 BRZ loaded with premium and brake packages, Finally, he was test driving a manual car, wonderful car to drive, high strung, close ratio gearbox. 
it could have been the car that he chose. So what I find interesting here is that means you drove a first-year 86 in the Scion FRS, and also the Scion FRS didn't come in any kind of upgrade. That was the base interior. Mm-hmm. Then you drove a later, after the refresh, the 2018 Subaru BRZ finally had the manual, and that means you also had all of the, the dual climate control and the push-button start. And notice he's not complaining about the interior in that one. That one's good. And yeah, also true. the manual makes it something that was really viable, but it's still not what he went with. He says if he didn't fall in love with the Mustang when it came in, this 2020 GT convertible manual loaded. He does like it. It's a fantastic highway cruiser. He says life is better in a convertible. <laughs> we agree. Okay. Having the drop top shows a surprising, surprisingly large amount of utility. <laughs> he said he, he picked up a cherry tree as a wedding present in his convertible because it was able to stick out of the top. <laughs> a cherry tree. I love it. Okay. All right. That, that, okay. There it goes. That's, that's done. He's, th- this Mustang, he fell head over heels for it, which is why the BRZ was not a winner. This is the 2020 GT. And what I find funny is that he spent more than the budget he told us. Did you notice this? It was a second email addendum. Mm-hmm. It, he left that out on the first email mm-hmm. replying to us, and then he sent a second follow-up. Yeah, by the way, because mm-hmm. yeah, $35,000 budget was the budget. And, and to your point, Paul, you always make this point, and we all do it. We all, it's not like you and I don't do this and everyone else does. We all do this. <laughs> my budget is this, but I really like that car right there. So by the time Zach was out the door with the GT Mustang convertible, it wasn't thirty-five grand. It was <clears throat> it was forty-five. After the warranty budget. I'm telling you, Mm, this happens. happens, Mm -hmm. And I want you to let it happen because would you rather really stick to your budget and wish you had that Mustang GT? How much are those dollars worth? I mean, yeah, it's 10 grand. That's not nothing. If you don't have it, you don't have it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But then to spend more if you're financing the car and you Mm -hmm. really feel like you can go for it and it's going to be a stretch. But on the other hand... You really have a car you love. That's worth more to me than Mm -hmm. really sticking to the budget. That's why I do that. Well, I say this tongue in cheek because Mm -hmm. budget can't be ignored. I mean, true, I I do. I'm the first to admit that. I do sometimes Mm -hmm. ignore the budgets, but (laughs) my priority is going for something you love and then trying to make the budget work. Well, I agree, and and and. The number of people that do write in that spend over what they want to spend, I mean, that's just a reality, sadly, when you're buying a car. Certainly with the current car market, that's absolutely a reality. And the secondary thing is if you spent in your budget and the car is a kind of a wah-wah, that's not good because we want you to have them. The whole premise of our show is we want you to have a car where you're like, that's my car. Zachary writes, it was the right choice to spend a bit more. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yep. Right here. Yep. Zachary, that's what you're doing. Happy driving. Really glad you got the car. Enjoy it. Jesse's writing in his car conclusion from episode 693. We've done a lot of these. This is what happens to be when I read these numbers. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've been around for a while. He he submitted a debate because he was replacing his 2019 Ford Ranger. One of the things I find interesting about this car conclusion is the fact that 2019 is not old. No. Now, we did this car debate, and it's great. So it, it was in 693, and uh, he was trying to get his himself a CUV out of his truck problem. Like, I have a truck. I don't like it. Let's move on. And he found one that he loved. He replaced a 2019 Ford Ranger, clearly a Ford guy, with a 2023 Ford Bronco Sport Badlands. Now, the Bronco Sport is essentially the Escape, but better. Okay. It's not the Bronco. It's not it like still the has Bronco. the same engine, though, doesn't it? Uh, there's quite a lot of similarities. Well, but yeah. It's be- but it is better. It is better, for sure. <laughs> better how? Well, Jesse says it's improved on everything he dislikes about the Ranger. Switch gear is ergonomic. The ride is nice. Handling is amazing. Well, I mean, let's define amazing here. But but he said because it's a CUV, and of course that means that's, that's unibody, and he said compared to his body-on-frame open bed pickup, it is amazing, which I see. He says the cargo capacity is more limited, but... He rarely needed that. Mm. Something surprising. He says the Badlands is quick. Mm. The engine and transmission work well together to minimize lugging and turbo lag. So acceleration is seamless, mostly compared to the Ranger. Well, if we compare lots of things to that Ranger, we could sure say, yeah. But I think it's interesting that that you had the Ranger, and it's not like you were like, well, I've always hated this thing. It's a recent recent truck, but you're sure. trying to see, can you get that but do better, and you did it in a CUV. 
Well, Jesse launches model rockets, and I can't tell, Jesse, if that is your career or if that is a hobby of yours. I can't quite determine that, but you sent photos Mm -hmm. of your rocket. He says the rockets that he launched often have sections longer than five feet, so they wouldn't fit in a four or four and a half foot bed. And this rocket is leaned up against his Badlands, and it's almost twice the height of his car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Incredible. it's definitely a serious, uh, serious activity there for you, which is why the Maverick and Santa Cruz, which we talked about, were not real options for him because yeah. he needed something that he could actually have even more space. And this uh, Bronco Sport did that. He says the other contender was the CX-50. Mm. He's sure he would have been happy because it's been getting excellent reviews, except for mine. You weren't a huge fan. That's I wasn't true. a huge yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be more. I know. It just seems I like a. I, I see the logic in it, but it I, in. I understand. It's like all those movies from actors. You like? I didn't know they did that. They're they're like big name <laughs> actors. Why would they stoop so low? When you finish a movie, you're like, that was a TV movie quality script, like the old TV movies. Yeah. You know, and then but it happened to have big actors in it's it. It happens. Fine. Yeah. But it's not a standout. Okay. I want right. it to be a standout. But he says the local dealers wouldn't allow a test without a two thousand dollar non refundable deposit. Non-refundable? What that is, is that about? That is insane. Your local Mazda dealer what? will not allow you to test drive a CX-50 without putting down $2,000. Okay, I'm sorry. It's actually, it's actually hurting two, my brain. Two grand non-refundable? That, that's actually hurting that's my brain. That's not a way to get customers. That not makes customers dislike you. Yes. They don't want to come back. And then they go elsewhere, and in his case, bought a Bronco Sport for two grand under yeah. MSRP, meaning he left the brand entirely. People don't like that. And here's my other thing. Are you telling me nobody out there ever has a CX-50 on Turo that you could rent for the day for 100 bucks? What are you doing, Mazda dealer? A $2,000 non-refundable deposit to That's test drive the vehicle? Beyond insane. That's madness. Anyway, onward. Well, I love the photos that you sent. The rockets are really cool. I would love to see those things. I mean, wow. I, I want to know what you do with them and your career, your hobby, what's Very going cool. on. But yeah, the photos were great. Speaking of dealer fun, Greg's writing in. He's actually not writing in to respond to a specific car debate, but he's telling us his car conclusion. His family went on a vacation at the beginning of the year, and his parents, prior to them leaving, gave his oldest son their old <laughs> 2022. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not old. old. The 2022 Lexus LX SUV because it was too big for them. Surprised it's still running. So, yeah, old 2022 yeah, Lexus LX. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you. But they also are longtime Lexus people. They put a deposit down on the Lexus RX, the latest updated Lexus egg. It would be their third RX in a row. So they put a deposit down on the Lexus while Greg and his family were on vacation. I get the sense that you included that in your email because uh, – you really wish they hadn't, and you were on vacation when they did it. So at some point, <laughs> your dad, exactly, that's why he said it. While we were on, vacation, on vacation, they did this. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. so then his dad happened Greg to ask him. never know. Exactly. On, on reflection, what he thinks of the new SUV or the new RX, et cetera, and he was like, um, you guys need to drive <laughs> other things. He was hearing us. He was thinking about the podcast. He said, before you actually get that RX, you need to drive the Mercedes GLB, the BMW X3, the Volvo XC60, or the XC90. He even sent some of our test drive videos along. I love this. That's amazing. Thank you, Greg. Really appreciate that. But when he got back from vacation, he was tasked with going along with his parents to pick up said RX, and this day did not go as they expected. Wow. They found one on the lot. It was in red. It was close to the spec that they were trying to order. They were like, okay, let's go over there. Let's see if they can get it. There was sticker shock because uh, they were expecting the car to be fifty-four grand, and the actual sign here, please, was sixty-four thousand dollars. So Greg digs in and he starts <laughs> reading. Why is this? Why? Where did this come from? One of the things he finds is three thousand dollars worth of manufacturer or essentially dealer added paint protection and Lexus experience, and he was like, "What is this? This needs to come off." And they said, "Nope. If you don't buy it, someone else will." So they promptly. Now, think about this. Long-time Lexus buyers, third RX in a row, they got up and left. Good for your parents. Uh, I am I am Craig, quite shocked. Yeah. Bravo. Yep. Earlier that same day, Greg writes, his parents had found a 2022 Volvo XC60 used at a used car dealer. 
with a good reputation about two miles away from this Lexus dealer. Okay. I thought 2022 vehicles were like old and used up. <laughs> I know. Because they got rid of the 22 Yes, they did. Well, that, LX. But to their credit, that was too big for them. So Versus the, okay. the XC60 and the RX are significantly smaller than the LX. Just the checking. LX is as close as we get to the Land Cruiser now. And it is. <laughs> okay. There's just nowhere to put it. To put it. It's just large. It's just big. It is. But yeah, onward. Well, this XC60 they found was fully loaded with an MSRP of just over $68,000. When it was new, yeah. They looked up the sticker, and this dealer was asking forty nine nine. dollars car okay. had 7,500 miles on it. Nothing. They test drove, they fell in love, and Greg was able, able to no- negotiate $54,000 out the door with no hidden fees. Mm. After a couple of days with the Volvo, his dad said the Volvo is a far better vehicle, and he will never go back to Lexus. Wow, part of that is experience. Much of that is the experience. Some of it's it not is that the they're experience. Bad vehicles, by not any at all. And, and, I, and look, I'll say that I'll do the flip side here, Greg. And that is, let's hope that Volvo is very reliable for them, yeah. because I'm sure every every Lexus has been so reliable it's been forgettable. It's like, oh, I guess we did put gas and oil in this. Didn't we? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's run right in spite of them. And let's hope the Volvo, because I, 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 candidly, I have heard mixed things on Volvo, but you're talking about Volvo versus the top of the pile in reliability, which is Lexus. I hope that Volvo is great for them, because the only reason I could think of them going back at this point is if they have a reliability problem that is severe. Great. But I'm love that they looked around. I, I'm Congratulations. I mean, well done. This mm-hmm. is exactly what should happen by doing your drive homework. That's what he writes. Mm-hmm. And you might find something you never expected. Love it. This is a little bit of the equivalent of pouring a beer. You know, when you're in college, you just pour the beer into your houseplant, and you think, well, it's liquid. The houseplant will survive, right? <laughs> I, uh, I put gas and oil in the Lexus. It mm, should survive. I, I watered houseplants with ice before. That was you my did. college experience. <laughs> ice. It's just I'll put a piece of ice in there, and eventually they'll get water. You could water a bonsai with ice. I'm just Can you saying, not? I don't know. It'll just slowly melt over I, time, or does I that have, drench a bonsai? I have a fantastically brown thumb, and I know you're not shocked after that story. <laughs> Nick L. in Kansas City has been listening to the podcast a few years. Nick, thank you for writing. A few months back, he came to the realization that the cost of repairs for his 05 Toyota 4Runner with 210,000 miles was greater than the vehicle's worth. Mm. He's been an avid car shopper. In college, he would constantly look at cars in class. I hear you. Yep. He thought about what he would get as soon as he was out. He was really interested in the Alfa Romeo Giulia. Regrettably, didn't test drive one. And his soon-to-be MOF, congratulations, wanted him to get an SUV to transport their large dogs. Mm. He really wanted a car, though, that was more nimble and engaging. Good for you for holding out. Yep. But he's still got to figure out something that, that it's going to have to be a hatchback because it's going to need to transport dogs. But problem solved. He held out for as long as he could. Prices started to come down on used cars. So he got a 2021 Mazda 3 Turbo with 30,000 miles for 27.5. That feels like a good deal. That's a good deal. Yeah. He says it's so much fun to daily around the suburbs of Kansas City. He loves the instant torque. Love it. He's farting hard to not think about what could be next in his garage and just enjoying the turbo right now. <laughs> because the Mazda 3 Turbo you got at home that night and we're still thinking about what would be next. It's in your driveway this evening. Yeah, I know that happened. Last car conclusion for this episode. Caleb writes to us. He has finally bought one of his dream cars at 20 years of age. I did not do that. It was I, not, I was not 20. I was still driving whatever hand me. I, I was actually still on a pre, uh, Caprice now that I Yeah, you had it. a Caprice. I was still on a Caprice at I age 20. I had an Accord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 92 Accord. Yeah. It was nice. It lasted a while. Yeah, you did a great job with that car for sure. Well, Caleb put a down payment on a 2023 Impreza back in November, but then a 2013 FRS popped up 10 years older. Mm-hmm. It was for sale for twelve grand, which was probably a, almost, a, well, at least half and maybe almost a third of the Impreza. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, onward. Well, he bought it. He couldn't be happier. I love it. So now his fleet. Caleb, I love that wait, you used the wait, word wait. fleet. Fleet at the age of 20. Okay, onward. Fleet. Yes, that's great. His fleet contains an E90 325 six-speed mm. and an FRS six-speed. They couldn't be more similar and yet different. I love it. And it left him with a renewed love for his BMW. You're starting to understand strengths and weaknesses of different cars. I love that. That's great. He says, if anyone wondering if BMWs are reliable, his has 228,000 miles and keeps on running. You also have kind of a close to base model. That is the trick of German cars. (laughs) You don't get the one with everything. (laughs) Understressed engine. Yes. Don't don't get the one with everything because it's just more to break. Sad to say. Caleb has a fleet now. He has a fleet. That's excellent. If you guys have a car conclusion, write to us. Whether you've been featured on an episode or not, we'd love mm-hmm. to hear from you because we'll feature both kinds. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, and you've 
you got a Topic Tuesday idea, we'll take those. Yep. And of course, your car debates. We want to remind you that one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle is better brakes. An upgraded brake system can transform a vehicle's performance and give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. Track, trail, or traffic, every vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. No matter what your vehicle is or your driving style, PowerStop has a complete brake upgrade kit for you. Head to PowerStop.com. Fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder, and you'll be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, truly noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. We have both experienced firsthand the upgrade quality on our own vehicles. I've got the Z36 truck and tow pads and rotors on my Ford Expedition, and it brakes more powerfully than it ever has. Join the thousands of drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today. Power Stop. Brake upgrades made easy. So our car debate is a little bit different because it's it's kind of a little bit of a dream garage car debate, which I find kind of fun. Christopher's writing in, and he is a Honda fanboy, but due to this show, he happens to have a 2019 718 Boxster GTS, which he loves and is thankful to us that that's a car that he even thought about as a Honda guy because of this show. But he also has, which I find very interesting, of course, he's speaking right to me, a 1991 Nissan 300ZX 2 Plus 2. That means it is not a turbo, but it's 2 Plus 2 manual that he's had forever, and he loves it. So he has that, and he has the Boxster. And then he also has an old SUV. Well, I keep saying old because these things, you know, they're they're tired, right? It's a 2020. 2020, <laughs> that is. Lexus LX. I'm surprised that runs. <laughs> it's the Lexus QX80, which is the Narwhal or whatever you want to call it. it uh, say Infinity deal. QX80, sorry. Sorry. It is the 2020 Infinity QX80. It's the big 4x4 narwhal beluga whale thing. He has that, and he has it in blue with a graphite interior, and he, and he puts in parentheses, it's a three-year commitment because they camp, and they pull a new camp trailer with it. And so the re, I, I very much get the vibe from that inclusion that the reason you have this Infinity is because you have to pull that trailer. But the question behind all of this, and we'll get into a lot of the, the nuances here, but Christ, Christopher is saying, let's just say 90 to 100 grand for him. Does he have the perfect garage? Would he get something else? What would we do to get him the perfect garage? I mean, that's an excellent garage right now, but that's not where you're doing at in life. I mean, you go camping with your family, mm-hmm. pull the trailer, and you've got the 91 Z car mm-hmm. that you've put a lot of work into. Indicates he's owned that since 96, I believe, is what yeah, he said in his email. Sure. Yep. So a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been pretty much the primary owner of that car. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the 718 Boxster GTS, but it is... The flat four. So all the, the two sports cars are manual, mm-hmm. but he's just looking around because of that flat four, even though I like the flat four and it makes a lot of power, especially That's that GTS. Surprisingly good, yes. Well, Christopher writes that he loves that I always swing for the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, you try. Do. Uh-huh. You do a very good job. But Christopher also writes about Todd. It was something, Todd, that you said infected him. What if he swaps that 300ZX and the 718 for... Like a Gen 1 NSX or an Mm. S2000 Mm -hmm. and an RSX Type S and just go full-on Honda fanboy. Yep, because he is one. And he was like, what if I... He says he's not, though, in the email. and I think he is. Well, He claims that he's not. The earlier emails that he has sent us have suggested that, which is why we talked about it. But anyway, onward. He says, what a garage that would be. He thinks he would lean towards having at least one of the cars be more powerful than that trio, though. Mm. So now he's thinking like a C6, Z06, a C7, or a GT350 instead of the S2000. What do we think would be this ideal three-car stable for, like you said, 90 to 100 Mm -hmm. grand? Why did you even suggest $90,000? Why did you... If you're going to suggest 100, why did you even write 90? <laughs> you just could have saved that extra bit of typing. You could have just saved your fingers. Yeah, up to 100 grand, three cars, <laughs> go. Yep. He would like one front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive, Okay. one, one front-engine rear-wheel drive car, and one mid- or rear-engine rear-wheel drive car. Interesting. All right. He would also require one of them to have some sort of removable roof, mm. like a T-top. Well, T-tops haven't been made... Since your 1991 well, Nissan 300ZX2 plus two, he'd rather not have a T-top, but uh, yeah, but but that's the thing you do have one, so <laughs> just yeah, the, not yeah, available anymore. On. That's true. We have moved on a bit. Really you know why T-tops exist? Because of body flex. It's one of my favorite things we learned when we did the American original Corvette film. Is that the third gen, very Coke bottle designed 
vet was the first vet to have T-tops, and it had T-tops because when they took the roof off, because all of them had, you know, let's make it a target, the car bent way too much. So they had to put in a support piece, and T-tops were born. There you go. I <laughs> love that. Well, he says, unique personalities are important, characteristics being the focus. He's more interested in excitement than outright pace. Mm. He does say the GT350 is about as big and heavy as he's considered buying. Okay. His Z32 can stay in the three-car stable or even be a fourth car, but it would knock ten grand off the total spend. That's why 90 was mentioned. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Trying to find the point, because you're right. We're doing nah. 100 grand. Yeah. Even but we're, if you but, keep but we're it, dreaming. We're having fun. Nah, you can find 10 grand in the couch, can't you? Like, it's. <laughs> I don't own that couch, by the way. Isn't it in your savings or your 401k <laughs> or somewhere? The bonus so the is coming. The financial advisors in our audience are crying so right now. Yes. Uh-huh. All your. You need to have a garage sale. Yeah. <laughs> you can make at least two or three. Wow. So then you need seven more grand. I'm just saying. Well, he enjoys working on cars as well. He enjoys driving them more, so only one project car, please. Mm. The others need to be newer or mostly reliable. Well, the other option is just to save money and get a 718 Spider or a C806 in a few years, mm. but he worries these will go up in value for the foreseeable future. By the way, I just saw a couple of Z06 on auction. They did not meet their reserve of more than $220,000. So good. The era of greed good. is over, everyone. Good well, news. Yeah, we'll, well see. Well, no, I'm, I'm actually wrong on that. It's not. There will always be greed, right? Yeah. But at least they're not selling at stupid prices I, anymore. I was also glad to see, you know, the people that were trying to, to flop those, uh, the GR Corolla and the Civic Type R's that they bought for way too much didn't sell for the same reasons. Yes. I hope that that stops. Do we think either of these cars, that Spider or the mm. Z06, is forever car worthy? He thinks he would want some sort of late 80s or 20 aughts car in addition once that Spider or Z06 was paid off. Mm. His ideas include the aforementioned, that NSX with the RSX Type S and the S2000. Elise, he's got the Elise as an I option for that. multiple of, of yeah, his I trios. He mentions Mazda Speed 3 or C7. He's got the Viper RT10 in here. Mm. Have you driven a Viper? <laughs> there are a lot. Here's the thing. If you're concerned about the GT350 feeling big and heavy. <laughs> now, here's the thing. The Viper, actually, if you put it against a modern car, it's not as big as you think it is. They look like they're enormous. They look like they're limo size. They're not right. that big now. Right. You know. So the GT350, though, the, the, the size of that, the feel of that car, I think that the Viper might feel every bit as big as that car. But it is going to be, um, how to put this, uh, crazier. Is probably the tactical way to put that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is an engine wearing a car. It is, yes. When they made those frames, they had to put them, they had to sort of jerk them back into true at the Mack Avenue plant. <laughs> Read an article when they built those chassis. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but when you weld the chassis together, it's out of true. And they, they had to bend them back into hey, true, into hey, shape. It works now, so ship it. <sighs> He's got uh, an Avora or a C4 LT4 or ZR1 hmm. like that. Celica GTS. That's kind of out of nowhere, but that's the all-wheel drive option. That's I the older yeah, car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be too project-y. That would just run. Mm -hmm. He's got the E24 M6, which is a heavy car. The Evo 10 MR2 Spider 2JZ, 2ZZ swaps. Yep, so me. essentially trying to get the cheap Elise out of yeah. the equation. I see where you are. He even goes to a Camaro SS1LE, a Cobb Tune Fiesta ST, and the best Boxster possible money left over. Hmm. What do we think? What could be? I mean, you've got a lot of options. You're a lot of these the options place. are very good. But Christopher, I came up with three, and I didn't even get rid of the Z car. I stayed oh, with really? three. I thought of three. Now, the only thing I didn't do in my three is you talked about wanting a mid-engine car, and I didn't do that. I did a front mid-engine. Does that count? Anyway, the, so I did $90,000 because you said take ten grand off if you keep the Z car. The Z has been around a long time, and it's clear that you love it. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. you you want you already said you want a car from like the 90s to early 2000s, but you want it to run. Why get rid of the car that checks that box that you currently know about and currently runs? So we just mm. we keep yeah. the Z car. Okay. Okay. Then I went Corvette C seven. Spend forty grand on a nice Corvette C seven. Spend fifty maybe, but Corvette C seven because then you get the Targa. It's not a T top, it's a full Targa. Now if you want you could do the convertible, but I think you'd be very, very happy with the Targa top on that car. It is actually excellent. C seven Corvette, get the hottest one you can. Get a grand sport if you can. That'd be the way to go. Mm. Probably gonna be better part of fifty. But then we have to solve two things. One all-wheel drive. Two, 
has to be able to haul your trailer. I looked your trailer up. The, the new most, camp trailers? Yep. The most that thing weighs is about uh, 3,500 pounds. Okay. okay. The Porsche Macan tows oh. 4,500 pounds. All-wheel drive. It's essentially Porsche's hatchback, and I stand on that. It is the hatchback that tows. Yeah. So look at yeah. this garage for a second. You have a Porsche Macan. Hmm. You have a Chevrolet C7 Corvette. And you have a Nissan Z car from the 90s. You have checked a lot of boxes. You have gone very, very broad. You can tow the trailer. You can take out other people at the light in the C7. And you can cruise around in your classic car that people love and wave at in your Z car. You might be able to do that for less than 90 grand. I felt pretty proud of myself because I liked a lot of your ideas. A That's lot good. of your ideas That's here good. are really excellent, Chris. There's a lot of good cars listed. But I was like, you could almost do this now. Hmm. Well, he does say he's got this three-year commitment to camping with the old 2020 Infinity. But you can keep, that's the thing, you can keep towing the new camp with the Macan. Get rid yeah. of the Infinity. It, the, the little tiny Macan can tow that little tiny teardrop trailer just fine. Well, you're going to need to start saving your money because I stretched it out. Shocker. This is, <laughs> <laughs> whoa. This needs to be it. Uh, acquired over a period of time, and okay. hopefully by the time your three-year camping uh, <laughs> commitment expires, experiment. Let's just say <laughs> experiment. it. Experiment. I could. I, you could read between the lines that he's like, "I've committed to three years. I don't want to do this anymore." But here's what I'm doing. Okay. Since that will expire, we're selling the new camp trailer, which adds to the budget. <laughs> I found more money. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. I love your C7 idea. I love the C7 Z06. It's just a monster. But you it don't have to go Z06. You can You're just right. go straight up C7. Right. Yep. That is your front engine, rear-wheel drive, classic sports car. Totally. But then you keep mentioning forever car. Uh, yeah, which is, which is honestly, for anybody, that's really hard to buy for. Since we don't have to tow anything anymore at this True. point. The, the camper's been sold to create more money for fun cars. I do like this. This is fun. I think you should consider the Boxster GTS 4.0 or mm. actually even better, a Lotus Emira. Because I do think the Lotus Emira is a forever car. As a matter of fact, Lotus even makes noises about that being a forever car. Interesting. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So what if you had a Z06 C7? Mm. Lotus Emira. They do different things. Yeah. I, okay. All right. I, I, I'm enjoying this so far. Keep going. And since we're no longer camping, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I love camping. But but we have jettisoned but it for this discussion. Guess what? You don't need that trailer anymore. <laughs> and you can go car camping and you can rent a Suburban, yes. load all your stuff in that, yep. and bomb up a trail somewhere. And just because for all the times you will go camping, just fill a Suburban, rent it, and then you want to go. worry. And hey, then it's hey just, look at that. Hello. It's, and new tur- it's the new Turo camping tab. <laughs> Somebody's building it. The Toyota GR Corolla is your third. That is oh. your little hatch. That is yeah. smacks of a forever car. I'm not sure if it is, mm-hmm. but maybe. But all three of those do different things. It meets your requirements for hauling people in that GR Corolla. I mean, it's they're not going to be having fun. You're having all the fun. Yes, but they'll fit. That's the key but thing. But at least yeah, they'll fit. They will fit. You can just mm-hmm. back off your driving and driving, you know, be cool. Hopefully, yes. And not say, hey, look what it can do. And that is your garage. I love a Boxster GTS 4.0 for you. I don't know that it's as much of a forever car as an Amira, though. Mm. Is it, I slightly, interesting. Maybe, yeah. I think that Amira is going to be quite special. And that means you will have to sell your Nissan because you've had it since 1996. You've enjoyed sure. it. Yeah, for sure. And that means you do sell your Boxer GTS, your current one flat four. Hey, anybody looking for a flat four Boxer GTS? <laughs> or a uh, non-turbo 300ZX 2 plus 2 as well. Yes. And then that Infinity, the Narwhal, will rotate out of your garage. Yes. And you can, all these cars will hopefully be available. You can just step up <laughs> to them and then you'll have your awesome garage. Cool questions from you guys, as always. I'm going to start here on Facebook. Andrew is asking a mini-debate. He's looking at a fully loaded 2019 Mazda CX-9. That is Mazda's seven-seater. But it is a little smaller than some of the competition. Like, we, we put up the Telluride and the Pilot, and it was a little smaller than both of those because it drives really well. So a fully loaded 2019 Mazda CX-9 or a lightly appointed base engine 2016 Porsche Cayenne which is not a seven-seater and also drives very well. 
The key thing here, Andrew, is have you sat in both of these? Ah. Because what does a lightly optioned uh, 2016 Cayenne, what is that like? That is the refresh of the second gen. And the refresh of the second gen is actually really good looking, has a nice interior. It's got the the very button uh, heavy interior of Porsche, but actually I thought that was great. But also a lot of that era of the Cayenne had something that Porsche's put on other cars called the Platinum Edition, which is like we checked the boxes for you to get the luxury thing, but it wasn't it wasn't. And they like, charge you more for it? But less than if you checked all those boxes yourself. Kind of like if you went GTS for performance. It's the same kind of thing. Okay. So it okay. might be a platinum edition. A lot of those are. And those actually are kind of nice inside. My question is, if you sat in both of those, do you feel like the Mazda is nicer than the Cayenne? Because I kind of doubt it. Yeah. I kind of suspect a fully loaded Mazda CX-9 or a, a lightly optioned Cayenne. I'm just, all I'm talking about right now is interior experience. I bet they feel kind of similar. I doubt that yeah. either one is like, this is so much nicer. I bet they're both like, yeah, these are good. They're probably pretty competitive. So the question becomes, do you need seven seats because the Cayenne doesn't offer it? And what mm. kind of driver are you? Because if you're a person where you're just doing straight lines all the time, the CX-9 is a turbo, and you may like the delivery of that better than you do the base engine in the 2016 Cayenne, which I think is a small turbo as well. I, I'm bad about that right off the top of my head. But the point is, the CX-9 might be enough but if you are talking about dynamic driving, I think the Cayenne probably is going to drive more dynamically because that is more of its intention mm. than the CX-9. The CX-9 is great in the pantheon of its competitors. $50,000, seven-seaters, it drives really, really well. The Cayenne's not competing in that world, so it drives a little better. Let's see. Going back to Facebook, Michael W. asks us to whip up the algorithm for the number of past owners versus the age of the car. Mm. So example is a four-year-old BMW with four owners is priced 5% below a similar vehicle. Ooh, that seems sketchy. Four owners in four years? <laughs> that's, what does that Carfax ooh, look like? Do we a, know? At least an owner per year. Now mm -hmm. we don't quite know. Maybe somebody had it for two years. Somebody bought it and had it two months and realized they couldn't afford it, didn't mm -hmm. like it, their life changed. Yeah, that yeah, changed. Yeah. You know, we, we don't really know, but... Four owners in four years, yeah. and there's a reason it's priced 5% less, at least. Yeah. So the algorithm that I have come up with incorporates and accounts for leases at the start of a car's life. So this oh, is okay. the sure. maximum limit being one owner every two years. Okay. Well, that accounts for the turnover every two years. But according to Ward's Auto, that is a quarter of the average length of ownership. This is 2021 data from mm -hmm. them. Okay. The average length of a car owned by mm -hmm. anybody is yeah, yeah. 8.4 years. Wow. Again, that's as, as of 2021, yeah. things have changed. averaging the whole market. I get it. Right. Yeah. They say most are on the road older than 11 years, mm -hmm. and they give three tiers. So the first three years, are the car is still in warranty. That's the new car. Then yeah, the, for sure. the three to five year category is, well, the car's out of warranty, so it's up to you to cover maintenance if your mm -hmm. car didn't cover that already, yeah. manufacturer didn't, and it's still new enough and running pretty good where your costs are going to be low. And then the third tier is like old cars. <laughs> <laughs> this is Look older out. than five years. Brace yourself. But yet they still claim the average length of ownership is 8.4 years. Wow. Four owners in four years is... yeah. Seems to maybe move on. Seems a bit swipe. Seems like a lot. Yeah, I wonder what's yeah. going on there. Yeah. Jared Rose one is asking a question that I'm just going to theorize about. I don't have an answer, but I think it's really funny. He said, Amelia Concours just happened this past weekend. Yes, oh, it yeah. Did. And he's wondered what causes an owner to enter their car to Amelia Island to compete for best of show instead of going to Pebble Beach. Jared, the first thing I can think of is location. You're an yeah. East Coast person. Shipping a car all the way across the country versus getting it to Amelia Island, it's probably fractionally less uh, uh, the amount to actually get it down to Amelia if you live on the East Coast. So there's that. Also, are you a person who wants to compete at the absolute top? Do you think you've got a, a, a competitive car for Amelia? <laughs> Feeling lucky, punk. Or do you really think you've got a car that's good enough for Pebble? Because it's going to be a lot more expensive to get yeah. it to Pebble to be a part of Pebble, and the competition is about as fierce as it can possibly be for my you know, super restored bar, barn find they only made six of and the only two of them run. Whatever it is, okay? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Pebble Beach is the throwdown. Amelia, and, yeah. and here's the thing. Amelia, it's not like, oh, well, only terrible stuff shows up here. It's not that. 
but I think you know it's it's yeah. a, it's an easier barrier for entry and also location wise you're on the east coast. Yeah, I mean, we admit we have never been to the Amelia. We've been to Pebble Beach, and I think you're right. I think it's location, and not that that's not a nice show. We've seen pictures. Sure, of course. It's a very nice show. Yeah. It's a lot of high-end stuff, yeah. but location could be the factor. I mean, Pebble Beach is the granddaddy. They throw down. Well, I mean, we haven't been absurd. to Amelia because it's not anywhere near us. We go to Pebble right. Beach. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Well, then our clothes just got back from the Cleveland Auto Show. Is there a cure for overexposure to piano black? Sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy the car. Yeah. Well, is it more pervasive than it used to be? He's wondering. I mean, you're seeing in cars what we've talked about for a few years now, and I think it's now proliferated throughout all the model ranges. So it's even worked its way down probably to even some more entry-level cars mm-hmm. to try to yeah, make yeah. you think it's not. Yeah. There's not really a solution except to not buy it. And I feel like we're seeing the tide turn right now. Mm-hmm. But the problem is all the cars that have been built since like 2018 or 2019 with piano black are yes. already out there in the market. Oh yes. Those are the ones available for sale with the piano black getting scratched as we speak. <sighs> yeah. It's currently getting scratched by something. I feel like some of the newer cars that we're seeing, some of the newer press vehicles are shying away from that more and more. Mm-hmm. I want to encourage Audi to continue to shy away from that. (laughs) Cadillac has started to backtrack. I like that. It became a thing. And then, Mm -hmm. of course, doesn't this just prove that all of the designers, all of the teams of color and trim people are all looking at each other. They're all moving. They're consuming the same automotive content. They're reading the same magazines. They're watching the same videos. They're all looking at what trends are. And then, of course, you can't really point to it if that's all people buy. Well, that's all you're offering. Of course, that's all they're buying because that's all you have. All our customers like our piano black right. lineup because our entire right. lineup only has piano black. Make something else. Hmm, my conclusion is a circle. Okay, yes. <laughs> M. Gibalisco, I think I got that wrong, but that's what it is, on Instagram is saying, any additional info on the Colorado meetup? Curious what's included. Now, this signup hasn't started yet. Our Utah meetup is already filled. Our pilgrimage is almost full. So those are both happening in June. The Colorado meet, the uh, the Rocky Mountain Adventure, is happening in September. And signups for that are going up the next few weeks. And there's only going to be about 20 spots or so available. I'm not going to give you all the details because those are forthcoming. And I don't want to try to, to spell all of that out. But I'll tell you this. It is less driving focused and more experience focused mm-hmm. than the Utah meetup. Mm-hmm. And also than the Germany trip for that matter. The, the I, I joke with people sometimes about the Germany and spa trip. It's like, don't bring your spouse if they want to do anything other than be around cars and go driving. There's nothing else to do. It's not like, well, we could, nope, there's not a rest of that sentence. We're just, this is what we're doing. Utah is also very driving focused and we have a great time. This trip is going to have less driving every day, even though it's going to be the fall in Colorado, Western Colorado, it's going to be gorgeous. The roads are spectacular, but the, the accommodations are significantly more high end as are the restaurants. It is a more expensive trip, I hate to say it this way, also to be more spouse-friendly. Yeah. It is built much more like a, hey, let's take a nice vacation with some driving than a, let's get some buddies together and go for a great drive. Those are the difference in vibe. We still expect amazing roads and fantastic driving, but it is very spouse-friendly. It is very nice accommodations. In fact, my wife might come. I've heard of other wives that are coming. There is actually one day in the day that it's structured where if your significant other would like to not go on the drive, You'll be back at the hotel that night, so you can go on the drive, and they can stay. Mm-hmm. They can go to the spa. We that's the first first trip we've ever had. Wow, that has a spa element that is not also the racetrack <laughs> spa. Right. Ghosty Miata says, if you could put tracks on one car for all this gnarly winter weather, <laughs> what car would you pick? I want to hmm. paint a picture for you. Okay, I'm waiting. Imagine a 911 Dakar with tracks. Must we? I mean, People yeah, I see it. Kiss the pavement that thing drives on. It, uh, that okay. is so sweet. Winter, summer. I mean, imagine a 911 Dakar on tracks, bombing up a sand dune. <laughs> see, I'm the guy. Yeah, I'm going to do, do it on the thing it you, it shouldn't be on, like an MR2 Spider. All you right, know, fair. A, a, something like that. You know, fair. fair. <laughs> Can we do it a lease on tracks? I don't really want to waste it a lease, but at the same time, <laughs> wow, wouldn't Elise. that be cool? Nice. On Twitter, Elias says there's a design question. Curves or edges? Hmm. Those are the only two options, curves or edges. He feels that cars with edges don't stand the test of time. They look pretty dated as the years pass. On the opposite hand, cars with curves or smoother lines tend to age better. Do we agree or disagree and why? I do agree. I think it's because beautiful surfaces 
clean, beautiful surfaces harken back to the age of hand-built Mm, why that's do, the only way they could make them. Yeah. Yes. Why yeah, do yeah. those '60s Ferraris and Aston Martins and Maseratis that they shaped that fender by hand? Mm-hmm. It is swollen because they couldn't make the sheet metal actually bend. They faster. couldn't crease it. They were there with the English wheel, right? And, and if you get down to it, the fenders don't match. They because don't. Guy with English wheel bent that metal and make it. Eh, yeah, it works. That works. So it it harkens back mm-hmm. to that beautiful sensual curves and and yeah. lines yeah. that really of course look good with a great color on them but softer forms i think mm. eventually on cars at least they eventually age better mm. than something that is very hard-edged and fussy and strike a line and that's what i'm worried for about bmw they're very mm. line focused and very hard-edged they'll be still consumed and bought and beloved by customers 20 years from now sure yeah but the mercedes amg gt before the new mm-hmm. generation comes out. I'm curious mm-hmm. to see what that looks like. If it does turn out to be an actual 2 plus 2. Interesting. Because yeah. then that would be like the GR86 done by Mercedes with a V8 <laughs> or something. <laughs> the AMG 86. Yeah. No. Yeah. Got but it. the forms on that are just, they hearken back to the beautiful silver arrows. Mm. To gorgeous design. But that design only came out of, here's how we can make it. That's that's all we can do. You're right. Yeah. We can't make yeah. that radius... Sooner we'll tear the sheet metal or it'll puncture or that's how we built cars. And so I think that that sensuality in those Mm -hmm. beautiful shapes with the highlights, it pulls something out of people. It pulls a bit of that nostalgia out of people and it looks like it's longer lasting, just like those old cars did. That's good. Ballas Bone on Instagram says, what vehicles or types of vehicles do we recommend for people who love driving but can't comfortably get in and out of sports cars due to the due to back issues? That is a bummer. I will say first off, the Elise is right out. That Just, is, right know, out. is right out. But, but honestly, the answer for you is this is where performance SUVs are your jam. Mm. Okay? Look at the, uh, the X3 BMW in M film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the yeah. X4M, the X5M, any of the BMW. The, the AMG versions of the Mercedes lineup is phenomenal. The Porsche Macan is excellent, as is the Cayenne. The, uh, the GV70 Genesis is superb to drive. As a performance vehicle, it's really, really good. Get the one with the big engine, but that performance version of that is very good. Uh, so uh, this is where you want to go is some of those cars that we – to be honest, we shake our heads at sometimes because we're like, why does this have this much performance? But on the flip side, if you're a person who enjoys SUVs or needs that ride height or likes it, it is shocking how good they are to drive. The The Cayenne has no business. I mean, pardon me. The Macan has no business driving like it does. Mm. It's because it's mm-hmm. Porsche's hatchback. So that's the thing. You get into these. The, we've recommended the, the GLA AMG 45 many, many times. That's the lifted hatchback from Mercedes. Yeah. yeah. Crazy fun hatchback shape there. So those work as well. So this is where performance SUVs are your friend. One more reminder, Thursday, March 9th, 2023, our last Cars of the Past road trip is coming out. We're going to be doing I, I, I more should go road finish trips. It. I should probably go finish well, you, it. You should be, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be good. I, I can't wait for your comments. Yep. Please enjoy. Let us know in the comments what you think. We're always looking forward to hearing from you and write to us. TV at gmail.com. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>